Rusty Quill presents. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is Not Quite Dead. Episode 32. Stop the Clocks. help. Not help any kind of vampire I know can give me. Actually, I don't know if I know enough about vampires to know if that's true, honestly. But I know I need help. I probably should have planned this better. I probably need to hunt. I'm not thinking straight. When was the last time I... Nesh. The last time was when Nesh stayed over. I think that was the last time I recorded myself, too. I've just been reading, or trying to read. 
It's just like I have a bunch of disparate pieces and I can't get them to snap together, you know? It's difficult. It's very difficult. I was working on the assumption that we had all the paper files up to a certain point, but now I wonder if that's not true. How much am I actually missing? Should probably go out to hunt. I should have gone to Leeds, not York, to do that. Leeds is bigger and it's safer because people don't know me there. Nash's house, the place I've been staying, is about the same length of drive to both, but I have to come to York, so maybe I should hunt here. I've just not tried to hunt here alone. Honestly, I've barely tried to hunt alone at all. I've actually mostly been hunting at motorway stops. I... It's just that there's one 20 minutes from the house and I don't like leaving Casper, you know? <sighs> Why am I doing this again? Sitting in my car by the river, watching. makes me feel quite close to Casper doing this. Not just because he's sat in the passenger seat, but I don't know, this kind of thing, this is the kind of thing he must have been doing before, he, before Bonham got him. Feels different being here by myself or with Cass than it did when I came here with Nash before we caught Sherman. Sat out here for weeks. Watching, waiting. There was a lot of stiff silence. It was quite awkward, really. I'm not sure why he agreed to help, honestly. We fought. Not physically, but felt like it could have gone like that. And I don't know. It was kind of scary. Nej would have set fire to the universe, I think. Those first few days after. I don't actually know this, but I think he wanted that sort of energy from me too. Rage. But I didn't have it. I didn't have energy at all. Just wanted to be with him, Casper, and Nej. It's not like he didn't understand. He seemed to understand it extremely keenly, actually. But that upset him, it made him angrier. The longer it went on, the more furious he became. And I could tell he was trying to give me space, but it was driving me mad. All that weight of him not saying anything. I wanted to scream, and then one morning he came in and looked at us, at Cass and I, and his expression. Nej is a beautiful thing. It can't be minced about. He's pretty. He's small and blonde. And when he's not hunting and his eyes are blue rather than red, when he's fully clothed and you can't see those scars on his back or the rough bite marks on his chest and his arms, he does not look dangerous. At least... I'd never seen him look dangerous until that moment as he was looking down at me and Cass. 
He'd watched me with Casper before. But his expression had been fiercely neutral. Eyes empty, non-judgmental. He can be so quiet sometimes, he almost dissolves into a room. And I've got so used to him now that I can almost feel alone when he's there sometimes, until he would make a sound and I'd remember. The first day after we brought Cass back, I just, I just wanted him to be clean. Casper, that is. Washing off the crust of dried blood around the staples on the back of his head, combing the ragged remnants of his hair, all different lengths. Like they just grabbed at it in handfuls and dropped. One side of his head was mostly shaved, where they cut into his skull. The skin there is roughly glued shut. There was enough hair left for me to comb and hide that spot, and I cleaned it with rubbing alcohol. I dressed him in my clothes, because I didn't want to leave him there naked. And I didn't want to keep looking at the stapled shut line under his collarbones, the messy Y-shaped junction where it met with the one that sliced him sternum to pelvis. Autopsy marks. Nash was worried, I think, that I would want to... I think he thought maybe I'd like to investigate him, to reopen those marks. Maybe I... Maybe if it wasn't Casper. But it is. Nesh... Nesh helped me dress him. It was like he was doing everything he could to avoid their skin touching. The whole time, he barely even brushed Casper with his fingers. When we were done, he just lightly touched his hair. What was left of it? Why of everything? This seemed to be the thing that upset him the most, I, I don't know. It was beautiful hair. When he was... before. It... Casper's hair. He... It was like a living thing, almost. We didn't have a lot of time for it. Usually kept it pulled back, but sometimes if we had somewhere to be, he'd let it hang dry against his back after he showered. The curls would come together in these thick, waterlogged swirls that stuck to his skin. It had about four different textures, some ringlets, some waves, some parts in tighter coils, and each of these would dry at different speeds. And that was Nege, and maybe I'm imagining it or making it up in my memory, but I think his hand was shaking as he touched Casper's head. He was, he was so careful. After that, he wouldn't touch him again. He'd sit with me while I sat with Casper, with him in my bed, watching like he was waiting for something to happen. When it became clear I was going to need to hunt, he made me leave, promised to sit with Cass the whole time. When I got back, though, he moved him, moved him out of my bed, taken him downstairs to the back room, laid him on an old catering table, put a sheet down on top of it, covered Casper up with another. Not like he was sleeping, like he was... pulled it over his face, like, like he's dead. I was furious. I was in pieces. Nash held me too tight to really just be a hug. When I stopped fighting him, he, he took my hands. Again, his grip was tight enough that it would have been a struggle to break free. And he led me outside, into the moors. He stooped down, 
not letting go of my hand and picked some gorse and heather and handed it to me. And he just kept picking it. When we both had an armful each, we went back inside. Without a word, Nej lay the flowers on the sheet he'd put over Casper. And it looked... looked like a funeral. I sat down on the floor beside the table Cass was resting on, reached up, took his hand where it lay under the sheet. I sat there still and quiet. Nej sat across the room, still and quiet too. And a piece of heather fell. I got up immediately, pulled the sheet aside. Casper's other hand was hanging over the side of the table, opposite to the side where I was sitting. I looked at Nej and I could tell he was thinking the same as me. Casper had moved. He wasn't gone. There was something, some trace of him left inside of there. I took a knife from the kitchen, cut my arm let the blood fall into Casper's mouth, and I waited, and waited, and waited. The cut in my arm healed, but when I went to open it again, Nej stopped me. He's gone, he said. He moved, I told him. Nej shook his head. His arm must have fallen. How, I said. Nej had no answer for that. So I waited. Nej left. He hunted. He came back. He saw I was still with Casper. He tried to tell me to let him go, to sleep in my bed instead of on the floor beside him. As days wore on, he tried to make me go to hunt. I was hungry. I'd been secretly dropping blood into Casper's mouth whenever I had the chance, but I knew it wasn't secret, really, that Nej would have smelled the blood right away, would have known what I was doing. We didn't talk about it. It went on like this for weeks, until that morning he came into the back room and just stood there, just inside the door, staring. It raised something in me, some kind of white-hot fear that grew outwards from my spine. For a few seconds... No more than that. He looked like everything he is. A monster. Thousands of years old who has seen the rise and falls of empires. And he looked at me with such a deep, loathing, disgust or resentment. I don't know what it was. But I felt like slime. Worse than slime. What do you want? I asked him. He told me it was time to let Casper go. That it should have happened weeks ago. They shouldn't have let things go on this long. Let them, he said. Like he could choose. Like it was for him to decide. Like I needed his fucking permission. Like he has any say in this at all. In some distant part of me, I think I could tell he was trying not to get angry with me. That it was taking a lot of effort from him not to scream and yell, and rage. As soon as I started shouting, he just totally shut down. When I screamed at him to leave, he just nodded. He didn't even say a word. He just went. Gone. Just like that. 
It was a couple of weeks before I got so hungry I could stand to leave Cass alone. I was scared Nez would come back, would take him away, would burn him like he kept telling me to do. I didn't dare go into the city. I drove 20 minutes to the motorway service stop and almost accidentally killed a lorry driver who was smoking down the side of his cab. It was very easy to lure into the bushes, actually. I wasn't sure how to approach it. You cannot seduce an exhausted, entirely sober lorry driver into the sadly manicured bushes down the side of a motorway services the way that you can seduce someone in a nightclub. So I thought, different plan. And it was kind of a bad plan, actually. I just went and I yelled, oh my God, what a weird fucking rat. You have to see this. And he just came to me. I didn't realise how close I was to completely losing my mind to the drive to kill until I felt that man's heart give this awful, awful flutter. I thought immediately of the time Casper had almost killed me. I licked the bite on the man's neck shut and dragged him back to the side of his lorry, climbed into the cab and hit the horn. I sat in the bushes until someone came to check he was okay, and when I knew they'd called an ambulance, I went back to Casper. The next night, I was more careful. I walked instead of driving. I stopped when the driver was on the verge of losing consciousness and dragged him back, babbling delirious, to his lorry. I tucked him into his resting place and left him there to sleep it off. I was out of blood debt enough by then that I could manage only taking a couple of pints. It is a convenient spot to hunt, as long as you're careful. After that second lorry driver, I had enough wherewithal in my head to start reading the notes. It was very obvious from the beginning that I was missing stuff. They didn't mention what they'd done to Casper, and I've been too afraid to look too closely at what they might, might have done to the inside of him. I will not reopen that fucking autopsy scar. I don't. Tim Sherman wasn't honest about what they did to Cass's brain either. The other vampires I saw in that cold storage room, they were missing the whole back of their head. In every description of excision of brain tissue, they take the whole back of the skull off. Cass has an incision just above his ear and another right at the top of his spine. The one round his ear is about nine inches long. It's, it's massive. I can feel ridges under the skin, like they've stapled the bone back together underneath. There's also a hard disc of scar tissue right behind his jaw, like there might have been some kind of drainage tube there. The other incision on his head, at the top of his spine, is about two inches across, neat line, stapled shut. He has marks on his inner arms, on his throat, underarms, the insides of his thighs, all of which look like IV access points, but for a very thick gauge line, which is why I'm thinking, you know, maybe these are haemophericus marks. There's no mention of the size of the lines they use in anything I've read, though. And what's happened to Cass doesn't seem to line up with what they're talking about for haemophericus. Not exactly, because... Well, the others, they stop like Casper has stopped, but then they start to lose limbs. Their bodies deform, lose structural integrity. The stages of decomposition are different for vampires, but... Cass isn't at any stage of decomposition. He's just there. Static. And at first I thought, well, I can't smell him. Not really, not properly. It's like almost all of his blood is gone. But the thing is, it's in there, it's in him. I know it is because I can draw it out of his veins, but he doesn't smell like Nash or I... 
he doesn't smell like a human, he smells diluted. It's hard to describe. Maybe I'm insane. I think Nash thinks I'm insane. It's like some vital part of the process of us as vampires has been disrupted in Casper. With the hemophorosis victims, they're basically half-maids. One thing that's interesting is they were looking at types of brain activity between the half-maids, their type 1s, and then the type 1Bs, which is their classification for people who were normal vampires, who they thought that they then killed, but then turned out they'd done something else to. Whatever protein they're stripping out of the blood with hemophorosis has to do with whatever it is about vampirification that allows us to not just decay, I guess. It also has something to do with higher brain function. They're not true half-maids, the type 1Bs. They don't rot right. They decay, but they decay like vampires, not like human corpses. Whatever they've done with hemophorosis, it seems to counter the preservative, restorative effect of vampire blood, but not necessarily anything else. Which, if, which if anything, what hemophorosis does is the opposite of what's happened with Casper. He is only preserved. The funny thing about those PET scans, though, when they first tried to PET scan a vampire's brain, it didn't look like anything at all, because the brain is no longer using glucose as its primary source of fuel. It's using red blood cells. And the amount it needs is pretty small. It seems this thing, this virus, whatever it is, completely hijacks the body, and it's much more efficient at getting it to do whatever it wants than a human body seems to be at working in the first place. It also looks like on some of the images, that the virus causes this new symptom of veins, kind of. But they're messy and different in between each scam, and they seem to, like, think. Kind of. It's this whole new vasculature, and it connects the brain, the throat, and the heart. So, like, we swallow and some of the blood we eat goes directly to our brain, and the rest of it goes to the heart, which then immediately starts to beat, which I think, I think that's it. I think that's the mechanism. There is nothing in the literature to confirm this, but I think they dilate these veins when we hunt. I think that's why our eyes turn red. That vasculature, it, it's capable of constricting and opening, almost like an extension of the heart, but it lights up on a PET scan like it's a thinking thing too. And I can't see how that can happen just as the result of some proteins which you could filter out, like modified dialysis. It's too... It's not a virus like any virus I understand, or a bacteria, or... It's too complicated. It doesn't make any sense. And there's nothing, like I said, nothing about the mechanisms by which the change in a vampire occurs, and that, if I were in this position, if I were trying to work out how vampires worked, I would be studying the change. Casper said it himself. Even if they hate vampires and want them dead like Sherman implied, you still need to understand them. And that means trying to make new vampires so you can observe the change occurring. It just does not make any sense that they have no documentation of it. And I know they fucking were studying it too, because they made the half-maids. It's not just their type 1 bees, but real type 1 half-made vampires. But I've also found no record of any full vampire that Holden Labs created. None. They have records for type 1 patients they've made, type 1B patients they've created by catching type 2s and doing whatever the fuck hemophorosis actually is to them, and then type 2s that they've caught and killed, and a few scattered humans here and there they seem to have grabbed and intervened with who have been in medical crisis. 
who they've used Bonham's other pet projects on, hemoprosthesis, which is what he was using when he was experimenting on those kids in the 90s. But yeah, not a single type 2 that Holden Laboratories seems to have made successfully, which doesn't make any sense. The hemoprosthesis stuff is troubling too, because Bonham's continued experimenting with it after what he did to those kids in the 90s. It's also troubling because it's literally what Casper was doing the moment I met him. And because of what I saw Casper do for Linda, I've watched hemoprosthesis play out in real time. The temporary reprieve of symptoms, the fever that follows, accompanied by those symptoms return. And I've lived it too with what Casper did for me, giving me his blood. It didn't heal me, not exactly. You can see on my x-rays my bones were still broken, but there's like a substance holding them together. As the effect of the blood wore off, I could feel my ribs especially starting to move again. It's like there's a crucial piece of that process missing when you give vampire blood to a human. Like, I don't know. There are multiple factors which all have to work together at once for vampires to actually function, you know? Because a human that's drunk a bit of vampire blood can maybe be a bit better for a little while, but eventually they're going to get a horrible fever, and if they haven't consumed enough of the blood, then... Enough of the blood. Shit. I should have brought the files with me. That fucking cascade they were talking about. I think it... It's easier if the person is dying, Casper said, to try to turn them. I think it's because you need to have a massive immune response. Your body needs to actively be fighting the infection to turn. And half-maids, their blood, their spit, it's infectious. You can't make a normal vampire from a half-maid because something is missing from it. You'll get a horrible infection and either die or turn into a half-maid, Casper implied, and most likely die. So there's something that causes a massive infection and inflammation, and that's necessary for what happens during the vampirification process, but it's not all of what needs to happen. Oh my god. Which means the process of vampirification can be interrupted, and from Bonham's experiments, we know it can be partially regressed. And Casper... Casper's what? He's... He's experienced another kind of engineered interruption at a different point in the process? But which? And how is it... How does it... How do I fix you, Casper? I'm sorry for dragging you around like this. I... This is... It's not very dignified. You know, when we met, you and I... Casper, you are like a thing out of a dream, unreal and beautiful, so strange, so different, so, yes, frightening, but I liked it. Fuck Nej for that, but he's right, I did like it. You scared me, and I liked it. It was like jumping into the sea, loving you, the grasp of the waves, the water pulling at me, tugging me down to the depths. There was a comfort in it, the way it pressed in at all sides. And when you would be gone, I'd breach the surface and gasp the fresh air, knowing the whole time I would need to hold my breath again so I could stay in the deep dark with you for as long as I could. I think about it a lot, but I don't know. There's something about memories from before. 
They feel different somehow. Everything before the change, it feels not fuzzy, exactly, but faded a little, distant, so they don't belong to me. I think about the night in the forest and the memory unfolds in my head like a dream, moving in that same liquid way. I remember the hot bite of your teeth on my mouth, but I don't remember the pain. The taste of my own blood in my mouth tastes like human blood tastes to me now when I remember it. Though all of that nuance, those layered intricacies of flavour, I didn't have them then. When I remember how you fucked me, it's... Is it the feel of you that I remember? Do I remember how that felt at all? And now every kiss, I... When I remember kissing you, I think about how it feels to kiss you now. Lips that do not meet mine back. That I only ever just kiss lightly in case, in case. I close my eyes and remember running my hands through your hair, warm and damp from the shower. But now I, in those memories, I feel the slice on your head, the buzzed short hair, picking the blood from around the glue and stitches, fucking Casper. And what you were then wasn't what you told me. The you I saw and the you that you were. How much you didn't show me of yourself. It fucking hurts. It hurts. And it feels like... Fuck. I just wonder if maybe Nej is right. And I've done something terrible by, by holding on to you. I'm sorry. Fucking hell, it's just that... All I can think about is those days after I was attacked about you going into the hospital, knowing human medicine couldn't save me, and thinking that thinking that maybe there was some kind of crazy batshit chance that Nesh might be able to, or Bonham, somehow. You could have gone to Bonham months before you did. I'm sure you knew how to find him, so once you'd suspected he was involved, you could have... But you didn't, and there must have been a reason... Whatever Nej thinks about what you'd want, he's wrong about why you went to Bonham. Because you could have gone so fucking long before you did. My god, I wish you'd explained. I wish you'd told me. But so much was happening, I was so sick. And knowing how I feel now, even when I'm sure, I'm so sure there will be some kind of way to, to help you. You must have been so scared to do what you did. I am not worth any of it. I'm sorry. But you did it anyway. You pulled me out of the hospital. You let me drink so much, so much of your blood that it must have been agony. I can't imagine. I don't know how you could even think how you managed not to drain me dry. You compromised everything to try to save me. So who the fuck would I be not to do the same for you now? What would that say about me? And Nej, he just seems so ready to... He's just so ready to just... I can't. I can't. Not until... Until I know for sure. I can't help you. I won't let you go. I have to keep trying, or... Or what am I? Which brings me here. 
because in the absence of information from Bottom's team about what they did to you, Casper, I need to find out for myself. And I can't do it alone. Or at a random house in the middle of nowhere. I need help. Human help. Haley's help. Right. Let's do this. performed and edited by me, Ava Major, and distributed under a Creative Commons 4.0 attribution license. Support the show on Patreon to get early access to new episodes at patreon.com forward slash Hanging Sloth Studios. Live. Laugh. Bite. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.